Welcome to From X to Z, the ultimate cross-generational conversation on health, wellness, and self-care. Guided by inspiring Gen Z trailblazers and expert voices. I'm your host, Vicki Cornwall. Get ready for eye-opening insights and actionable tips that transform your life. Welcome to another episode of the From X to Z podcast. In today's episode, we have a very special guest, Emily Fuentes Hernandez, joining us from Bogota, Colombia. Emily's journey is a testament to the transformative power of experiencing different cultures and the challenges that can arise when returning to your roots. Emily is not only a dedicated high school teacher, but also a loving daughter, sister, and aunt. She studied education at La Salle University in Bogota, where her passion for working with children was nurtured. And if that's not impressive enough, Emily embarked on a life-changing adventure as an au pair in the United States, spending nearly three years as part of a new family and community. Today, she shares her story of personal growth, the joys of teaching, and the unique challenges she faced upon returning home to Colombia. Most importantly, Emily offers valuable insights and encouragement for anyone navigating life's transitions, a topic that resonates deeply with both Gen X and Gen Z. Get ready for a heartwarming and insightful conversation about family, education, personal development, and finding your way through life's twists and turns. So welcome, Emily. Thank you for being on for X to Z. Oh, thank you for having me here. I was so happy when you started this. So Absolutely. So I'm glad to be here. Oh, great. We're super excited for you to be here. Um, so you are an educator, right? So tell us about being a teacher. Well, being a teacher is a whole experience because you had that connection with people every day so you have to also every time manage your emotions because maybe students can be a little bit rough with their teachers so yeah it's like a whole experience what grades are you teaching what what age are the kids that you teach well right now i'm teaching to teenagers and like preteens too so it's like fifth graders seventh graders ninth graders and eleventh graders Okay. Okay. So a little bit older. How how yes. do you think the kids today that you're teaching are different than when you went to school? I mean, it's a whole world of difference because back then I, w- I didn't really have that globalized connection with the world. Like now kids have the internet and they have a lot of information and they now have these young parents that they try to make their bests and best friends. Everyone's trying to be their kids' friends. Uh Uh So now kids have maybe like a lot of information that sometimes they don't really know how to code or how to express. So it's hard to deal sometimes with all the things that they bring into their schools. And back mm. then, I, I don't know, maybe things were simpler, you know. We didn't really care about what people said about us or about taking mm. pictures or about how our social media looked like. And that, those are topics that now are in our schools. And I find that super interesting because to be clear, you are a Gen Zer, so yeah. <laughs> you you are still young yourself. But I love the yeah. fact that you're like, yeah, these kids today they're they're very different. Yeah, yeah, and they really which is true though. It happens every generation. It happens, right? Yeah, and the relationships are different too. Like 
we from my from our generation so for every generation we always try to be different from others and mm-hmm. now we always want to highlight between the others and it's hard for them to believe that they are being the same as other one or maybe also in the fact that fitting with everyone so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everyone wants to fit in everything. you're right that's a, that need to fit in absolutely absolutely yeah. That definitely has happened with every generation, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, now that they have many, like, references of how they can be, sometimes it's hard for them to decide who they really are. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it happens also with my inner agent, but I think we kind of manage it better now as adults because now we are realizing we're adults, so we need to really try to care about ourselves right. and right. think about what is the best ways for us to be. That's something that that they still need to learn or we need to teach them. Absolutely. Yeah. So what inspired you to become a teacher and and who inspires you today? I mean, from the beginning, my mother, she has been always the one who took me to a classroom where I wasn't a student, but like her, pretty much her assistant. So she was like, because oh, your mom's a teacher. Yeah, my mom's a teacher. So from the beginning, she was like, okay, come here, help me. I'll give the kids these guys, or maybe you can explain them because they are smaller than you, and you know stuff like that. And it felt really well the fact that someone was kind of learning something. From you and like even it was the simpler thing and throughout my student process I also was lucky to find people that inspired me and that like were teaching because they really care because sometimes in public schools because I studied in a public school and sometimes they didn't really care and at the end of the day they were like okay read this and do this or now we can find teachers that, I mean, you use a video just to get a point, but sometimes they just like play the video and you do whatever you have to do. But the fact that you try to really explain and to see that someone is really understanding what you're saying is a different thing. So I also remember a teacher I had in my last grade of high school who pretty much thought us the whole English we didn't really learn in the whole high school. So I was like, okay, I'm, I am understanding English because, you know, I, I'm not, English is not my mother tongue. So <laughs> the fact that I was understanding another code and I was like, hey, maybe mixing this that I learned from my mom with this, it might help me to have a really good life maybe not pretty much good budget or you know because teachers doesn't really earn a lot of money but if I'm okay it's okay (laughs) you know for those of us out there and particularly those of us who are trying to raise little people yeah and bring bring them up in this world we I thank you for your services as a teacher on behalf of all of us out here (laughs) yeah we, we really need to have a lot of patience and like oh my gosh absolutely absolutely you just let the cat out of the bag so you just noted that english is not your primary language your first language so you you and i know each other because you came to the u.s as an au pair and you actually stayed with Mm -hmm. my family 
you were our first au pair and we had an amazing, amazing experience. I, I really appreciated having you as be a part of our family. Mm-hmm. And what, what made you decide to become an au pair in the United States? Why did you think about doing that? What were your expectations? And then how, how did your experiences actually differ from anything that you might have thought about? Yeah, well, at the beginning, I was really reluctant to go to the U.S. because I felt that feeling a part of my family was something really hard for me. Being a part, and, uh-huh. Yeah, so being far from them. And I also tried to live the experience, like going out of my family before I traveled. So I found it really hard. But one of the persons or the people who really pushed me to do it was my sister. So a friend of my sister already had experience and she was also a teacher, an English teacher. So she was like, you should do this. I think this is good for you. You're going to improve your English because many things you learn at college are not really from real life. Like you have the structure, grammar structures, but when you go there, you really realize how people are using the language and it's not the same in many aspects, you know? So I was like, okay, let's do it. I didn't really have an idea of how the U.S. really affects, you know, worldwide, you know. You are always in movies, you are everywhere. And my idea was like, I don't know, like, I was really scared at the beginning. As I told you before, I tried to leave out and it was hard. It was hard not being close to my family and figuring out what am I going to eat and stuff like that. But when I traveled, it was it was amazing. Like, I didn't really high expectations. I was like, I'm going to be along for a year, but it's going to be just one year. Like, it's going to be one year and I'm going to come back right away. I'm going to improve my English, maybe save some money, but I'm going to come back as fast as I can. But that changed a lot. I mean, the first thing was that arrive to your place and you live in New York. It's not the same a girl who started living, I don't know, in the countryside, you know, or maybe in I don't know, Philadelphia, stuff like that. I was in New York. And at the very beginning, I didn't really realize, you know, in the city I was. And I told many people that asked me, okay, but where are you going to live? And I was New York. And they were, really? New York? That's the city of my dreams. <laughs> really? Wow. Okay. You might be exciting. So, yeah, it really changed my point of view when I arrived there. I wasn't scared anymore because I felt really safe with you. You know, I'm always going to be grateful because... I realize you really care about me, you know, and you try to meet me, you try to understand which things I would like, which things I want. I remember you gave me like information about things that I might like or place I would like to go. So it was amazing. Like I changed my mind to just stay for one year. I pretty open my eyes to the whole world because that's a city where you can find people from all over the world. I remind myself telling my friends, like, in one subway, you could hear, like, five different languages <laughs> at the same time. Like... <laughs> so it was amazing. It really helped me to grow. What were some of the biggest, like, cultural differences 
or, or challenges that you may have experienced when you lived here as, as an au pair? Well, I mean, taking into account, I also lived in a city in Bogota here in Colombia. I mean, is Bogota is also a mess. <laughs> when I went to Manhattan, you know, the subway, it was similar to the Transmilenio here or, you know, like people being rushed everywhere. So that was pretty much similar. But I also, you know, the fact that many Latin American people were living there, I realized that sometimes they felt, I mean, they felt like, why are you here? You know, sometimes I felt a little bit of racism, not even from American people, but from other Latin American people. I mean, sometimes I went to a store to buy something and you could tell that people speaking Spanish and they just decide not to do it. <laughs> and like, oh, that's ambitious or something like that in Spanish. And they were like, answer me in English. And I was like, mm. like I know good and well. You yeah. can be- <laughs> like, you can be nice with me as well. You know, it's not a competition. Mm, <laughs> like, interesting. But yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't I didn't know that yeah. by the way. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, that happened to me. Or yes, some people I you know, I felt like racism sometimes and like, yeah, you cannot do this because you're not from here and stuff like that. But I didn't really feel it that hard as many other people can tell. And so you were here, actually, you were here for almost three years because of COVID, right? Yeah. <laughs> you really became like, just like, this was home for a period of time. Yeah. But the time did come to go back home because your family, you're very close to your family, I know. So you had to go back to your family, which good at me, but you know, I also <laughs> felt very strongly about your family. So, okay. Yeah. But um, let's talk about like that transition of you know, having been here for as long as you were and then having to go back home and go back to the life that you had before. And how was that transition kind of going back home? It was hard. I mean, I didn't think that it would be that hard. But when I came back home, I was feeling like this, like despair, like I lost something really big. Mm. And Mm. what I was also thinking is like, we're not really ready to lose something. You know, when we are kids, we kind of feel that loss of finishing a grade or something like a three of them, you know, like you're going up and you're going back. But when I came back here, I mean, Colombia is really different from the U.S. Like we kind of struggle more to earn enough money to live daily, you know, going there taught me that I was, yes, working, but I I really never felt like I was working and receiving money. But here you have to work double to earn the money, you know, to actually achieve something bigger. And when I came back and at the very beginning, I felt a lot of pressure of maybe I'm not going to earn as much of money. And also the fact of losing maybe feeling that I was losing you and I don't know those thoughts that I'm not going to see you in a long time so it was really hard for me and I felt that you know fearful and 
bad and like it's not going to be the same here i may not fit again here because when you travel abroad and live in a for a long period of time in a place when you come back you have to get used to everything again you know and you're not and you're just not the same person anymore you're not the same that's interesting talking about you're not the same person mm -hmm. how do you think you changed as a person and that's interesting because did you even realize that you would have to make an adjustment going back you were like okay i'm going home cool did you even yes. realize you had to make an adjustment and how did you feel like you changed as a person first of all i was more independent in many ways and i remember that i when i came back here i started living with my parents again and it was like it just I mean I love my parents a lot but it just didn't really work like I, I know my mom is really strict many times and they always care about ourselves so she was like are you or I don't know simple things like pick that up it's been there in a long time and it's like I'm going to pick it up I promise <laughs> like <laughs> give me one second I'm going to do it and just the fact of how I felt about other people, sometimes you kind of get closer to someone and realize that at the end, like, you're not going to get along with that person, you know? And I kind of reinforce every time my personality, like, I know I'm caring. I know it's hard for me to leave people behind. Something funny that also happened to me <laughs> is that I replace words from the Spanish to English, like words. And I try to explain this to everyone because people say like, oh, I know you're just like bragging, you know, English, you're showing up that you know English. And I'm like, no, I swear it's not because of that. It's just, for example, that when I was a child, and I explained with bacon, like when I was a child, I never eat, ate bacon at home. Like it's not like normal. Like we are not going to buy bacon in the, you know, in the store. It's just something that happened in the U.S. Like everything has bacon. So when I actually was in the store, we lived close by. I was asking the people talked Spanish there. So I was speaking Spanish to them and I just forgot how to say bacon in Spanish. And I was like, with the bacon? He was like, yes, tocino. And you, ah, okay, yes, that word. So, yeah, it was, I mean, he might think that I didn't actually born in Colombia or, any, or something like that. And also, I don't know, like, I became more secure about myself. Less shy. Yeah, because when I left... It was hard for me to actually talk to people in the streets or ask for directions. I felt a little bit shy about it before. But there, you had to do it. Like, if you're lost, you have to ask people, like, hey, do you know how I get to this place? Because sometimes in Google Maps, it doesn't really show pretty much. So when I came back, I felt like nothing is going to happen if I ask this to someone else. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I became a... So it's interesting. So, like, it sounds like the, the, there were, like, positives. Mm -hmm. To this idea of, like, transitioning from being in either one place or one, like, mental state or whatever to another. And in that transition, there can be positives, obviously. So you felt like you became stronger. 
But then there can be some things you struggle with because you're saying like, well, you had to readjust yourself that, you know, financially things were differently and, and things like that. But I know you and I have talked about it and not too long after you went back home, you struggled mentally. And, and I'd love to just talk about that and understand like, what do you think and what have you learned through that process, you know, that kind of got you to there? And then let's talk about, you know, what are you doing going forward, you know, to keep yourself mentally healthy, right? So what do you think kind of got you to that point? I think that at the very beginning was that I was really sad. Like everything kind of reminded you because I went to a trip with a friend of mine and that whole trip, I was like pretty much crying all the time. And he was like, are you okay? Or how are you feeling? And I think I was trying to hide the feeling of feeling bad because, you know, like you always feel guilty. Like, why am I feeling bad if I'm with my family, if I'm in my country? So, Oh my gosh, Emily. I, I, I can totally relate to that 1000%. 1000% can totally relate to not allowing myself to, to, to feel bad. Yeah. To feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. Not allowing myself to feel bad. Absolutely. I tried to hide it. Like, no, I mean, I'm okay. I'm with my family and, and everything. So I think I didn't really process the feeling of, leaving behind and every time I talk about the kids I start crying literally and I always also was feeling the pressure of getting a job and my mom was like look for a job right now and I'm not blaming her because she was just scared no no because that's what you do is like her her job was okay let me mm-hmm. let me make sure that you know I keep you focused yeah <laughs> but I at that point I didn't really feel like to and it was going like deeper and deeper I stopped sleeping like I was overthinking so that's I think that is really important to sleep because you know Mm. you start overthinking about things so it was a moment where I just like kind of lost myself like I dropped everything and I was like no I'm not being happy I'm not feeling okay so it was like my unconscious like asking for help yeah you know like you came to a breaking point yeah so something is not okay you have to stop hiding it like seek for help because this is not going to work like this and I had to take a rest so at that point where I wasn't sleeping so I had to go to a therapist I had to talk about it and I had to start discovering myself again and like realize that I could be myself again even though I wasn't you know in the pace I became like like me So I'm not just, and realize that I I wasn't just that, like what I became there, but it was a whole thing, you know. I'm my child, I was myself when I was a teenager, when I decided to be a teacher, you know. I'm that whole process and I can't overcome everything that appears in my life. Were there any coping strategies or anything that you found helpful during your mental health journey? I mean, first of all, as I said, like, stop blaming myself about things. Stop blaming myself about taking wrong decisions because I was feeling like I took the wrong decision coming back from the U.S. Like, why why did you do it? Like, you were well there. You would be figured out there, but... 
So I stopped blaming myself, like pretty much realizing that I was sad and what was triggering my sadness and what was triggering my stress and face it and like okay think about why is that hurting me so much like pretty much putting words to the things that were hurting me and putting words of the things that make me feel sad and how I can work on them I mean I've always been writing since my hoppers like before and you know in the U.S. all this time and it kind of helped me to to remind me that you know, that is worth it to keep going, you know, because I fell in a really deep point where I felt like, no, I'm not going to be able to do a good job again, like to be a good teacher again. My family also, you know, they were really supportive with me. And yeah, like working on myself, you know, like figuring out what things I still like. Yeah. You know, and those type of things. In Colombia, I was wondering, are there cultural differences in how mental health is perceived or addressed versus yeah, what might be like in the U.S.? Yeah, I, th- I mean, maybe I think this conversation about mental health actually came from the U.S. I think in many aspects, like social aspects, you know, because I think in the U.S. you're in a point where... I mean, you as you didn't have to care that much about the money. I mean, depending on the family, of course. But because many people here struggle, like, okay, we cannot really care about mental health because we are caring about getting money of our family and they leave this a little bit behind, you know. Now that I pretty much teach with two, I teach two, like, wealthy families, and they care more about mental health and they realize that it's important. And actually, I was talking with some teachers' friends uh, a couple of weeks and they were saying like in this cartoon, Ar- Arnold, I don't know if you have heard it. Hey, Arnold. And in one scene, Helga said like, I might need a therapist or something like this. And her dad told her like, we didn't have therapists in my epoch. And she was like, yes, I can tell that. Or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) So the fact that we are realizing that mental health is important, you can cannot see it more and more now in our future generations. Like mental health is conversation I brought to my family. My mom was like really busy and, you know, doing other stuff. In your family who might be older than you, you're teaching up to like so that they understand this kind of language. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really important, you know, to realize where our trauma comes from and maybe, you know, stop also blaming ourselves and blaming our parents because they bring more and more trauma from behind and behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, now is more important than before. Yeah. I mean, now we can talk about it before it was like, what is that? What are you talking about? We were worried about other stuff. I appreciate the fact that it's, it is becoming more, more of a discussed topic 
and that it doesn't need to be just for people who have money. Mental health and the and the health of your brain is important for everyone, no matter your socioeconomic situation. So yeah, I think that it's really good. I do think that your generation and the generation behind you, I think that they're going to be more and more adept with tools, hopefully, you know, more and more tools going forward to be able to help them get through that. And, and actually, for many Gen Z individuals, you know, speaking of your generation, the, the pressure to succeed and to live up to certain expectations, like it's it's pretty it's pretty great and overwhelming. Did your experience as an au pair in your mental health journey offer any insights into managing those expectations of like this need to succeed and, you know, reach a certain level, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, the only fact that you can travel to another country is just like a big step for you. And yeah, it kind of gave me this sense of I was doing something about my life and I was going forth where and I was, you know, recognizing another part of me and succeeding is a really or should be a really personal concept you know because that's right maybe (laughs) for many people like success is just financial independence or you know be able to choose what time you wake up or stuff like that but you should be really aware of what is the best thing for you you know, and yeah, we are in our generation, it has many people to compare with, you know, so I'm his age and I'm not earning that my money, you know, I'm his age and I'm not doing. Right, that whole comparison. By the way, I, it still happens as you get older, it's just hopefully we end up being more mature enough to kind of squash that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. quicker. Yeah, because yeah. it's hard to believe like, oh, that person is being happier than me. And with social media, it's hard because everyone is posting, of course, just the best part of their lives. And we don't really know. Exactly. We don't really know if they are actually happy or if they're actually having a good experience in their jobs. And, you know, something that I've been realizing in the jobs I've been is that you really have to adjust yourself and sometimes even like your personality just because you need the money and you need to have a job. Right. So am I succeeding because I'm spending five years of my life in the same company or no stuff like that? Yeah. So what, what advice do you have for young people, including Gen Z, who may be considering taking an international experience like being an au pair or, you know, or working internationally for internship or something, what should they keep in mind to ensure that they have that positive and healthy experience? I think first you, we need to be careful with the people that we choose to live with because I mean, I was really lucky because I can tell that I got to live with a family who really care about you who didn't think that you were less just because you were afraid and it happened a lot with another open friends that I met you know for example I don't know if you remember Caro the... uh, yeah, yeah so she had a really bad experience with her family and she had to move to their places so I think that we need to be careful and also do not take things personal. You know, sometimes we, I mean, we are humans. We don't have all the time the same mood, you know. Sometimes we feel feel like we don't want to 
grade anyone or sometimes we feel upset so you just have to you know understand that we all have different faces and we all have different days and that we still love each other you know even with my mom sometimes my mom is you know we we just don't want to talk that day and it's like we still love each other and we know that everything is okay So we don't have to take things so seriously, you know, even with the kids. So if you decide to be an au pair, you have to talk a lot about your feelings also with the kids. In that way, they realize you have feelings that they might hurt you because kids can be really rough. And so reminding them that I'm a person like what you're saying is hurting me. You have to be, you know empathetic imagine that this happened to you imagine that something say these things to you so yeah like really also express your feelings not just with the kids but also with you you know so talk 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 and you know take the best even like from bad things yeah how how has your perspective on life mental health and personal growth evolved as a result of your experiences in both the U.S. and the Colum- in Colombia, I mean, like you have a very unique experience that most people don't have an opportunity to go live for a few years in a totally different country, right? What lessons have you learned that you believe could benefit others, especially young- younger generations? I think that, as I said, like it makes you stronger. You know, it makes you more secure about yourself. That you kind of realize that if you do that, like you can overcome many other stuff, you know, like you'll be able to adjust yourself to different streets, like different people, because every time you go to another place, you also need like that feeling of community, you know, and I was lucky that I found many people there, like you, (laughs) that you always made me feel like at home and also friends that I could spend my time with. And another thing I learned is that you can never say, like, I met all the people that I'm going to love. No, we're going to love many people in our lives and live many people in our lives. So we need to be open to that. Like, we need to know that all the people that we already already have in our lives, maybe sometimes they're going to leave. And that we're always going to meet someone else that we're going to love. Well, I love I love that. Actually, honestly, that's one of the reasons why I chose to expose my kids to different au pairs because that was the thing. Like I know they're gonna make a good connection with young people, with some a young person that lives with them, becomes a part of their life, but only for up to two years, right? Yeah. But it's good experience for them to know that people may come and go. You can still have an amazing experience with them. That's that's part of life, right? It's part of life. Yeah, and I mean, they are going to be such an amazing people because I think they know what is outside their places. Like, they know that there's something more and more that is, you know, crossing those doors of your own home. Yeah, yeah. I have to ask you, would you do it again? Because you had a good experience while you were here, but it did cause you mental stress when you went home. But no. Would you do it again, including having to go through the mental stress again? I mean, I don't know if taking care of like little kids, because it's different from taking care of bigger kids. Yeah. But 
I would definitely come back to the US. You know, I would definitely have another experience like that because it kind of makes part of my life, you know. And I think that I could adjust, you know, to another experience like that. So yeah, I would definitely do it again. Yeah. yeah. So beyond that the whole walker <laughs> thing, what are your future aspirations? So well, how have like the, the experiences you had influenced your goals and, and what you what you want to do going forward and the way you approach life today? Well, I mean, it's hard to say now. <laughs> like I was like thinking, yeah, I want to be a teacher. I want to keep teaching and I, and I still do it right now, but it's hard to being a teacher nowadays. We face a lot of, <laughs> that's so sad yeah. to say that. I mean, it's, it's, it's true, but it's sad that you as a teacher have to yeah. say that, that you feel that way. It's so sad. Maybe it's just because I'm starting or I don't know. No, I, I think that's just period. Yeah, just if period. TikTok, if I believe anything from what I hear from the teachers on TikTok, yeah. <laughs> apparently it's really bad out there. Yeah, yeah. And kids and with teenagers too, like they kind of feel that they're your friends and can tell anything to you. And it's like sometimes I'm comfortable. Like, remember, I'm still your teacher. Like, you cannot just call me by my name. Like, Miss Emily, please. <laughs> and so... I don't I may like teaching more to kids, maybe primary schoolers or stuff like that, because they are still a little bit more empathetic, I think. Sometimes teenagers feel that and when they see me young, they feel like I don't know, like they are in a competition sometimes and it's weird, like I'm <laughs> chill I'm just your teacher don't worry <laughs> and sometimes you know 11th graders took things really personal when I'm saying like this is not okay like I already told you I remember that they had to write an essay and told them you know you this you should have these these and that and they were like but he's there and I'm like no he's not there and they took things so personal and he's like okay so let's do another thing between each other you check if you have those things you know <laughs> so it's hard and also um, social media makes it harder sometimes you know like to keep that barrier so you have to be really private when you're a teacher and you know but I, I'm going to start my master like next month so I think that's going to be cool for me. I was missing and starting. <laughs> and, you know, now I feel that my goals are like paying an apartment. It might took a long time, but, you know, that feeling that I'm having something or doing something with my money is nice. I also want to come back to US, you know, like... It might change because what I realized too is that every time that you have a goal, it might change. For example, when I told you, oh yeah, I'm going to be an au pair, it's going to be just for one year and I changed my mind. So yeah, the goals change. The goals change. And it's okay. It's okay. Exactly. If you're okay. And sometimes it's really healthy because people might feel really frustrated when things don't go the way you plan it and stuff like that. So it's better to know that, okay, this might change and I'm going to be okay if it change. I, in the future, I want to have like a hotel. Like I have many dreams and one of my dreams is to have either one like a hotel, uh, you know, a hostel, something like that. 
in that way, you know, I still can contact with the people, but, you know, no, as a teacher, which might be a little bit hard. <laughs> well, I think that your future is definitely very right. I think that you're having an open mind of understanding that things come and go and can change and haven't had the experiences you had to really embrace that. I think it's going to only benefit you more and more than, you know, in your life. So good luck on that. So I have two questions, two last questions for you. And it is, if you were to be able to go back to talk to yourself 10 years ago. So when you were 10 years younger, what advice would you have for yourself? Okay. And then if you go forward 10 years, what would you tell yourself 10 years in the future? Oh, 10 years in the future. 10 years ago, um, like maybe telling me everything's going to be okay. Like the things you're living now, not that hard. Because I actually remember that when I was 18. Or like around that year, I had like my first breaking heart. I don't know how to say it. Heartbreak, heartbreak. Heartbreak. So it was really hard for me because, you know, then my first boyfriend, I felt so bad. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm never going to find love again, (laughs) you know. And sometimes heartbreakings can be really rough. So maybe, yes, things are going to be okay. Family is going to be always there for you because, you know, when I had that breakdown, I also felt like I was letting down my family. So they told me, like, you know, everything is okay. We still love you. We know the person you are. And maybe say also, like, keep discovering yourself. Keep discovering things you like and things you don't like because that's how you, you know, start putting your boundaries and putting your, yes, your personality over things that are maybe bad for you. Yeah. And then the the future you? In the future me? I don't know. Uh, I may ask ask her stuff, you know, instead of like telling her things, you know, like, how are you? How things have been going? Which other new things you learn, you know? I find it exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Emily, thank Miss Emily. <laughs> thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate you telling your story. And I am super, like, just so happy that you are part of my life. And I appreciate you very, very much. Oh, yeah. I love you so much, too. You know, like, I love you in my life. And I also admire you so much. I'm so grateful, you know, you're in my life too. And I miss you and I miss the kids and I miss everything. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Emily. All right. This episode reminds us of the significance of self-discovery, resilience, and the importance of prioritizing mental health. Emily's journey is a testament to the strength that we can find within ourselves and the support that family and therapy can provide during life's transitions. Until next time, take care and keep exploring life's journeys. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Be sure to click the follow button on your podcast app to stay updated on our latest releases. Connect with us on Instagram and YouTube at From X to Z Podcast for more exciting content. We'd love to hear from you. 
So feel free to reach out with your questions and topic suggestions for future episodes. I'm your Gen X host, Vicki, and you've just enjoyed From X to Z, the podcast that bridges the generations.